I'm back with another amazing interview with a presenter of Momentum Fest, Danica, who is the founder and owner of Pilates 804 in Richmond, Virginia. She has a passion for sharing the language of Pilates with others. She's been teaching for over 20 years. And in our conversation today, we're going to be diving into talking about the intention behind her presenting these two workshops at Momentum Fest. One of them is covering how to touch clients, how to spot them, how to cue them with your hands, in a way that is informative to both you as the teacher, as well as informative to the mover, to the client. And the other workshop that she's presenting is the language of Pilates. It's a reformer workshop. And we dive into exactly what she means when she says the language of Pilates. This is a fantastic and fun episode that if you've been teaching for a while, you are going to enjoy uh, hearing Danica talk all about the ins and outs of what she's going to be sharing at Momentum Fest. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. So welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am am super excited because I'm joined by Danica of 804, Pilates 804. Hello. That's what I should say. Pilates 804 and we're recording this and it is later in the day so we are both hoping that we're not going to get any interruptions from children running into (laughs) from school or spouses (laughs) interrupting our conversation so we are joining so Danica is joining from Richmond Virginia so welcome thank you for having me today I'm so excited you're here I'm so excited we get to connect and talk all the good things Pilates and Momentum Fest, because you are presenting at Momentum Fest this year. And I think maybe not just one, but two special events. Yes, I am so excited. I cannot wait for June to get here because I have to say that Momentum Fest is my favorite event of the year. And it really, not only is it just like a great Pilates time, it's just a fun time with fun people. So if you don't even want to do Pilates and you just want to hang out, you should come. Um, but I, <laughs> I am teaching or presenting or workshopping, however you want to say it, two different classes. One is called Teacher's Touch, and it's about using touch to inform our movers and inform ourselves as teachers as, as to what our movers are actually experiencing. Going past the idea that we're only there to just spot them and make sure they're safe. We really actually can use our bodies in so many other ways to help our clients. And then for the first time at Momentum Fest, we will actually be offering apparatus workshops. And I'll be doing a two-hour workshop that uh, will also be accredited with two CECs. Uh, And that's called Keeping It Pilates, where I'm really going to focus on what the language of Pilates really is inside the method of Pilates, but then how to harness creativity 
in order to speak the language in the body any way the body needs it to be spoken. My goal is to really start to bridge a gap in this divide between what is classical or traditional and what is contemporary or new and say, you know, just do the Pilates and you can really just do what you want and it will all be fine. Right. There's room for all of it. So that's what I'm teaching. And then there's a whole bunch of other fun stuff going on too. And they're shopping. <laughs> and they're shopping. I love it. Love mental fest. But Danica, before we dive into that, because I've got so many questions about those, both of those workshops that I want to ask you. Can you tell us a little about where, how you got into Pilates and how you got into teaching? Because I know this is not something that you just started, right? <laughs> I, did, I did not just no. start. Um, I already was a teacher, though. I started teaching actually in high school as a dance teacher at this local studio that I grew up dancing at. Like you start as an apprentice, you know, you start teaching the little ones and then they move you up and move you up. By the time I was graduating high school, I was running full classes and summer camps and all of that. And so you already knew before you even went down the path of Pilates that you had this skill as a teacher. You kind of already kind of had that. Yeah, I, I kind of got it. I kind of got just pushed into it because it was mm-hmm. like, go get a job, Danica. And I was like, well, I'm not going to work at Food Lion. So I'll just dance more. Fine then. And I was thrown into it by and taught a very old school way of teaching, I would have to say. In the dance world, it's very much do as I do or do as I say. And you're just trying to mimic and become something else, right? But when you're teaching the little, little, little ones, who aren't performing and just can't do it. Like that's where you actually figure out how to communicate to other people. And if I, I strongly believe that like, if you can teach a child to skip, which don't think that skipping is something every child can just do. It's not. <laughs> All right? If you can teach a child to skip, then you can teach an adult to breathe. And that's one, uh, that's a philosophy I've kind of carried through. But when I went to college, I had to actually start taking formalized education courses and learn how to put a curriculum together and learn how to make a whole program that would be accepted in public schools as part of dance education and arts education. So I didn't do the full dance education track, but I pretty much took every course you needed to except like the last couple. (laughs) Um, Because as an artist, Pretty much any artist of any genre will tell you, if you can't teach, you're going to have a hard time paying your bills. At some point, you end up teaching. And I came into Pilates because it was part of my undergrad dance curriculum. So dancers had to take Pilates. And that's how I really got into the work and how I started to feel it change my body, which had a lot of issues from dancing. (laughs) Like a lot, still do. And... It just became a natural shift towards the end of college to say, you know, I should just go ahead and get certified in Pilates because I'm already teaching. So why not teach this to really supplement my income as an artist? I did not think then that I was going to own a studio and do teacher training. Way back then, I was like, I just want to make money and go dance. (laughs) (laughs) So you came out of college. Where and went and got trained to got certified to teach Pilates. Yes, I um, went to the Pilates Center in Boulder. Yeah, 
And then and I still kept that. dancing, but that's how I got my certification at the Pilates Center of Boulder. And it was, it was an experience. I tell you, it was a long experience. I was also in grad school at the same time. So I really tied it all together because I'm always moving. Always moving, always learning, always moving. Right. So you have your, your, so your, your this is, you know, we're not going to put a number on the number of years that is ago. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like but that. It's an, but it's enough that you have a whole ton of experience and wealth of knowledge to share right now. But how soon after you got your, your certification under your belt, and I know you said you're continuing to, to dance also, but did you kind of move more into full-time teaching and then studio ownership? How did that all come to be? And how did that kind of play out for you? Wow. Okay. So actually, um, a lot of a lot of choices were made for me because life as an adult happens very quickly, doesn't it? So I literally graduated from grad school, finished defending my thesis and got my stamp of approval, tested out of the Pilates Center with my teaching practical and got married in the same day. Whoa. And then, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a Friday and it had to happen that way. It's just like, we're doing it this way. <laughs> and then <laughs> the reason for, for the marriage, we, we, my husband is a naturalized citizen and we were going to get married, but we were having a paperwork issue and we were like, we just need to go ahead and pull the trigger so we can solve the problem. Unfortunately, it only solves part of our paperwork problem, creating a whole nother in that the government lost his paperwork and the filing of our marriage. So I found a job teaching and I very bluntly said to the owners, book me until I tell you I can't teach anymore because I was supporting the two of us and we had student <laughs> loans and these things. And I very quickly had to figure out how to start teaching 35 to 40 hours a week. And I did because I was young, right? Let's be, I was young as a baby. I was in the early memories and I was a baby and I could do that and I could still dance and we didn't have kids. So it was like, we owned our evenings. Remember that? So I just started teaching, 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 and eventually hit our paperwork fiasco it worked out. And then one day I woke up and I was pregnant with our first child. And that triggered another move and relocation because of cost of living where we were. And I had a three month maternity leave after the baby was born. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I literally woke my husband up and I was like, Hey, I really love this whole mom thing, but I am not a stay-at-home mom. I was like, I have to get out of here. <laughs> so I was in a new area. So I was, we were in Richmond now at this time, and I didn't know anyone in the Pilates world. And I had like a few dance connections, but I was like nowhere near dance world yet. Like not yet. So I got a few interviews at a couple different studios and started working, I think at like two or three different studios and to get the feel of the area. And then one day I decided that I kind of knew more than the studio owners and that I was kind of 
I was I was already being asked to help other teachers figure out how to do things. And it's it gave me the first inclination that I was like, I could do this myself then. Like if you're coming to me to ask me how to do it, then I should just be doing this. And I literally took a, we took a lean out on my husband's car and I got my first reformer tower unit and a chair and a barrel. And I put it in our house and I started my studio out of the house. And I did that for about eight and a half years. And then my husband was like, I'm sick and tired of people coming in and out of my house to do Pilates. You have to get out of the house. (laughs) And it was like running a home business to all of you out there. I totally get it. On like Sunday nights, I would become the Wicked Witch of the West. Like clean up, pick this up. We've got clients in the morning. It was awful. So I went storefront and now I've been running my studio. And because of going storefront, I was finally able to really formally launch teacher training which I am rebranding and reshifting right now because the reality is a traditional apprentice-based program is really inaccessible for so many people, but they, you don't have to compromise the quality of your teacher training just for time to get certified and to get trained. So I'm really trying to bridge and figure that out because I feel like it is a problem in our industry and it's, I love being old school, like apprenticeships are the way to go for me. If I have to say, how are you going to do it, do it that way. But it is really not accessible for so many people. Very cool. So you moved, so you, you kind of started over in a few different ways and in a few different places, right? So you probably got really good at networking, connecting and getting referrals and keeping people and your business. I'm sure a lot of your clients have been with you for a long time, right? They have. I've been in Richmond for 14 years and I have clients that have been with me since I started at other studios. (laughs) They just followed me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good thing. We like that very, very much. Right. Um, And so you're now you have your you are in your brick and mortar space. You have you're developing your teacher training program. And is that kind of where your focus is right now in helping others to learn how to be teaching and be or be better be better teachers I would say and it's not learn how to be better teachers per se is that I want to give teachers tools and I want to give teachers resources so that when and because a teacher should never stop learning like getting your certification is like all right we're you're starting a journey but it doesn't really stop so I don't really, if a teacher comes to me with 10 years experience or no experience, I'm like, uh, in my mind, that's not really a divider for me. Cause I'm like, okay, well, we're still just going to start moving and see what happens. You know? Um, so I, yes, I want to train teachers, but really I just want teachers to feel better about what they're doing, more confident about their choices. And really, this is a big one for me, confident about trusting their gut about what they can do versus what they've been told they should do. I see a lot of teachers like squelch their creativity and their genius because the manual said, I'm supposed to inhale here and I'm supposed to exhale here. And I'm like, yeah, manuals are cool, but (laughs) 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 there's times 
if you learn, my father always said, if you want to break the rules, learn the rules, play by the rules and earn the right to bend the rules when you want to. And so I want to give teachers that right. That's how I think that our industry truly will grow is if we as teachers can actually empower each other to fully embrace how what we do as amazing because there's nothing better than helping your client in that 50 60 minute session they walk in one way and then pilates just brings them back to life and they walk out and you're like see that's why i do what i do even when i'm tired on a dreary day with no sunshine it's like that's why i do it that's right absolutely it is amazing it absolutely is and is that what you call the language we mentioned earlier, one of the workshops you're teaching at Momentum Fest is the language of Pilates. Is that what you would call that kind of creative element that you would like to help your teachers to kind of tap into? Yes, that is what I'm trying to brand in my mission statement, if I should say, you know, because <laughs> I, I get really turned off by the language that's out there to say, oh, I, I'm a classical teacher. I'm a contemporary teacher. I'm a stock teacher. I'm a bassy teacher. I'm a power Pilates. I'm a da 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 And I know I even did it when I said, well, I got trained at the Pilates Center. It is a descriptive. It is, it does like, you know, let people know what avenue or lane you're coming out of. But why should it all feel so separate if we're all doing Pilates? Right. And so I like to say the language of the Pilates because it comes from a methodology. It comes from one man who had a really clear, concise idea of how he thought the body should move and behave in space. You know, like one of my big, whenever somebody says to me, well, what's the difference between yoga and Pilates? I'm always like, well, there are no books written or written by Mr. Yoga. You know, like it is a very different thing. There's one guy who was like, stomach massage, do it this way. And he was very stern in his approach. <laughs> yes. But to look at the reality that he did with full heart and support, say to his first lineage of teachers, yes, go out and build your studios. And here, let me build you some equipment. He knew that Kathy Grant was doing something a little bit more. He knew that Corolla and Eve Gentry, he knew, and Ron Fletcher, he knew all of that was happening, but he was like, but they know Pilates. They still do Pilates. So to me, it's like, well, then they all understand the base language. And any base language, you need what? You need adjectives, you need verbs, and you need nouns. You need those three things, and you can make sentences. But you can make a lot of different sentences. So let's just stay within the method, but then let's use our creativity so that it doesn't matter what lineage or what school of Pilates you're coming from. You can we can still come together and move well and move in a way that really still is Pilates. And it's not, it's more than just calisthenics. It's more than even just fitness because it really is a method and it really is a technique. And I think that's what draws dancers to it so much because dancers are all about method and technique. 
And like people may not realize that there are different styles of ballet, but people, there are different styles of ballet. It seems like really, but there are. And in those fine details, they're still speaking the same language. They're still dancing. They're still doing ballet. Right. And that's where I keep going back to the word language and I make it a movement language that is Pilates, that is that is being true to this idea that this man had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. That's great. And I, you mentioned earlier as well that, you know, we there has there has in the past been to some degree because of the way that perhaps we describe where we came from on our journey or what programs we have completed, um, that that sometimes for some reason is seen as a division. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting, mm-hmm. and it is an interesting kind of concept, right? Because it doesn't, it may not, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that, right? It um, shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. And it shouldn't. You're right. It, absolutely right. It shouldn't. And so it is all about the movement and it's all about the method. And we're all doing, we're all it doing is. it. We're it all is. doing and it. And it's like, what, one of the, the first time I ever went to Momentum Fest, the first time I ever went, I was just a regular old person at Momentum Fest and not presenting, not anything fancy. I was just there taking classes. And I took a chair class and I wanted, I believe Marimba, my, oh yes, Marimba was teaching, Marimba Gold Watts. And she started to say, hey, we're going to do hamstring series, da, 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 da. And I looked up and I was like, I have no idea what you just said. What did you say? And then she showed it to me and I was like, oh yeah, that, I'm going to do that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I knew everything that she had, was showing me, but it was just that little tweak in the words and the naming of the exercises, you know? And it's like, all right, what are you talking about? <laughs> but once we started moving, it was all the same. There was no difference in it. So for us to like be trained by two different people or well, many, many different people, really more than one each. <laughs> and even though the names were different, you know, it was still like, oh, potato, potato. So we're going to do this. The movement was there and her teaching and her cues and the intent, all of it was there. It was there. And it was, that was a big, that first time I ever went to Momentum Fest, it was well before COVID. Oh my God, I can't do math anymore because of COVID. So it was a long time ago. (laughs) 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 Um, It was great because it was one of it's unique because it's the only event I've ever been to where it does not really matter what school of Pilates you come from it does not matter what level you are there all of that it it was never there that vibe was never there and that's that I think is really what inspired me to say hey we can you can do this we can do this it doesn't have to be this or that it can just be what it is yeah and I think that is something that Jessica, who is, if you don't know Jessica Volant, she is the founder of Momentum Fest. It was her baby and she has grown it and made it what it is today. And I think it was a very intentional um, from her to make it a place where folks came to move and enjoy movement more so than anything else. And, you know, everyone that I've been speaking to as I've been um, hosting presenters here on the podcast has said that one of the most fun parts is their favorite event, first of all. <laughs> but it is. Also it really is. is. 
just it's just fun because it's just about the movement and about coming together. And you know, I think after everything that everyone's been through over the course of the last few years and having perhaps not spent so much time together and perhaps not had the opportunity to be in person as much, it's absolutely something that I know everyone is super excited for. Literally, there are countdowns going on. It is very true. It's very true. Um, So you have the two um, workshops that you will be um, presenting. We did talk a little bit about the language of Pilates, but I also mentioned, you'd also mentioned the the other workshop that you were um, presenting is about um, how to touch clients in a way that is informative versus simply spotting them or or supporting them. Right. Tell me a little right. about what, where that kind of came from and what what the intention is behind that workshop. The it really came about like my brainchild to have this workshop uh, came about as I was interviewing teachers and watching them, you know, you know, audition teach in front of me and watching their placement in their hands. And I kept thinking to myself, why are you putting your hands there? What is that helping either of you do? And it dawned on me that, huh, we're not really taught how to touch our clients in any other way other than spotting them or making sure that they're safe. It's not really a part of teacher training. I know it wasn't a part of mine, really. And I don't think it was really a part of anyone else's. (laughs) So I'm like, major assumptions. But in watching newer teachers, I was thinking to myself, you know, there's there's so much more you can do with your own body versus just walk the floor, you know? And that's a that's a big thing even for teachers who teach group classes that, I, you know, you can still get in-depth corrections into clients individually. You just have to be quick about it. It's very true when you have large classes, but you can still do it. Um but also coming from my background as a modern dancer and in postmodern dance, there is a lot of contact and contact improvisation and weight bearing on one another. And you have to be able to feel how someone's weight is shifting so that you learn how to move with that weight shift or you learn how to absorb that weight shift should you have to catch them, Right. Um, And there's a safe way to do all of that. And there's a way, and I started to think, well, where, where is that in Pilates where we as teachers can use our hands and use our bodies? I'm not also just talking about, Hey, I took my hand and I put it on your leg. Like there are many times where I've sat back, where I'll sit back to back to someone in spine stretch forward and we'll do it together. And I'm like, we're going to peel away from it together. When I feel you stop peeling, I'll stop peeling. Right. And using our bodies to help the mover find a new connection, find a new piece of any part of initiation or movement. And also, therefore, we're, we're informing them and therefore we're getting information back and we're getting some biofeedback about what is actually happening in their bodies. Like I have a few clients who are incredibly strong. They're so strong. I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody, but they're so strong that you honestly wonder if their muscles are actually on because their muscles just look so good. I don't know if anybody (laughs) ever has this, particularly if we're talking about the relationship of like quads to hamstrings. 
I'll see people all the time where I'm like, you sure you, you sure you're under wonders on that's what I call where your hammy meets your butt and your butt meets your hammy. And I'm like, you sure it's on like, cause I don't believe you. And I have to use my hands and then I am informed about what's happening with that client. Right. It's, it's something I think that we as movement educators need to be able to do because move, move, movement just needs that information sometimes. And it needs that support. And it needs it more than to just feel like, okay, I'm going to put my foot on the foot bar and I'm going to put my hand on your upper back. And then you're, we're going to do this long stretch. We're going to do this plank series and you're going to be fine. <laughs> it's all gonna be great but it's like well what are you feeling from having that hand on someone's back right what are you actually feeling that you could actually change your cueing and that's when you actually find oh wow your upper back isn't actually engaging you're just kind of hanging in your shoulders let me actually feel some muscles move right i'll say that to some type people all the time like if i have my hand on your back and i ask you to lift your arms but no muscles move i'm gonna be like so did you really actually move then or did you just like throw your arms in the air. <laughs> so that's what Teacher's Touch will be about. And it it will be mat-based because it is not, there's no apparatus in that class. But because of that, I'll really be pulling from my dance background. And we'll start with some exercises that are, you know, get us all comfortable with each other. Because that's the other thing. We have not been close with one another because of COVID. And because of COVID, teachers have been purposefully staying six feet away from their clients. I mean, we tried as best we can. Uh, like, we did really horrible at it. So like, <laughs> a lot of people in my studio are still wearing masks because they actually are. We have clients who are like, please touch and tell me where it is. Touch and tell me. They like want. Yeah, they want to know. Um, and that with new clients, I always say, I'm like, I know we just met, but I'm about to get all up and personal with you. Okay. Okay. And sometimes clients don't like it, but I'll tell you what, when they stay with us long enough, they start to let go of having inhibition about being touched. There are clients that have either a trauma response or even a hypersensitive response. You touch their arm and their arm jumps up and they're like, yes, my right arm. Yes. Right. And you're like, hmm. Maybe not so much. I, 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 I do have a way of getting those clients to relax into the work and also to let them get comfortable with me. And I am going to speak to that because it is truthfully still a part of the reality of touch. Because you will, just like you will have clients who don't respond well to the imagery because they're not visual learners you'll have people who do not want that physical touch, but there are still places like, no, there are still places that some people are like, okay, okay. Like back of the shoulders is one for me that people are, I've never had someone really flinch just putting my hands on the back of the shoulders, wide palms. They'll, that's where I start when someone's uncomfortable. And it's knowing that and, and learning that and, and working with the client too in that, in those scenarios, right? You have to work, you work together. So interesting. Oh my gosh. I know everyone's going to love those incredible workshops at Momentum Fest this year. So thank you so much for putting yourself forward to share all of your amazing knowledge and expertise um, and being a part of this incredible community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And thank you for joining me today, Danica. It's been wonderful to finally actually meet you in like pseudo real life. 
<laughs> Does it count still when you're on screen and you're actually talking face face to face on screen that we were actually met or not? It's I'm still kind of trying to figure that out. <laughs> I know, I know, but hey, it's brain. That's the one downside, not of the one upside after all this COVID everything. Even though it made our worlds very, very, very small, it also brought so many of us together in ways that it never would have before. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. You always have to look for that silver lining somewhere and they do exist. But thank you. And I'm excited for you to get to go to Denver and be a part of the amazing Momentum Fest crew. Um, And thanks so much again for joining me. So, But before we hop off, I do want you to share... Where can people find you online on Instagram? What's the best place to come say hi um, and and learn more about where you are and what you do? So I am very brain consistent. Pilates804 is my handle everywhere on all of the platforms. And my website is pilates804.com. And going through that website, you can also get to my virtual platform, where I host online courses for not only for movers, but also for teachers. There's some CEC courses. There's some mat work. Um, One thing I'm very passionate about for uh, teachers starting their journey in Pilates is making sure that there's a solid understanding of anatomy and kinesiology and just movement fundamentals. And I have found that a lot of the anatomy courses are way too expensive, way too heady, and just flat out boring. I'm just going to say it. It's true. (laughs) So I set out, well, it's very true. (laughs) So I set out on a mission and created uh, ANK plus movement fundamentals. And it has eight CECs with it. And it is a head to toes anatomy and kinesiology course specifically for Pilates instructors. Um, and I aim to keep it a, an overview of the whole body because I don't, we're, we are not doctorates in physical therapy and it, we, we shouldn't act like we are, but we do need to understand that there are the the rules of biomechanics and we need to understand that the neuromuscular system is a real thing, like real, right? So I've put together this course and I also use this course as a, in my mentorship programs, which I will be launching another one in the fall, but you can get the course anytime you want on demand in the fall. I'll be using the curriculum in the mentorship course. So if you want to hop on my mailing list or any of that, you will stay in the loop. And to do that, the best way is to go through the gram and hit the link in the bios because that shows you all my stuff. All the things. And I'm all the things. at Pilates 804. So you'll get all the things in my bio link. That's the way to do it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, there you go. There's a ton of amazing, um, amazingness that Danica, Danica is sharing with us. So go and check out those links in her Instagram bio, Pilates 804. All right. Well, I hope you have a fantastic time in Denver. Thank you so much again, Danica. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're you're welcome. (laughs) Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, 
create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.